1: Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
2: You don't just live in your home, you live in your neighborhood as well. So when you're shopping for a home, you want to know as much about the area around it as possible. Luckily, homes.com has got you covered. Each listing features a comprehensive neighborhood guide from local experts. Everything you'd ever want to know about a neighborhood, including the number of homes for sale, transportation, local amenities, cultural attractions, unique qualities, and even things like
1: median lot size and a noise score. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Inside the Studio on iHeartRadio. My name is Jordan Runtog, but enough about me. You could call my guest today a pop prodigy. At age 18, she became one of the youngest Grammy winners ever for Don't Let Me Down, her 2016 song with the Chainsmokers. That same year, she released her debut LP, Sit Down, Look Pretty. She's a veteran of Forbes 30 Under 30 and Billboard's 21 Under 21 lists. Recently, she took a step back from music to reconnect with herself and her life. But now she's back, and she has a lot to say. Now 22, she's entering an exciting new chapter of her career. There's a new label, new songs, and a new single, Bad Girl. She says the track is among her most personal to date, a direct reflection of her life's experiences. That sense of intimacy permeates her work in progress, an EP that's coming soon. Today we're going to hear more about her creative rebirth. I'm so happy to welcome Dea.
3: Of course, I'm so excited to be here. It's so great to talk to you.
1: First things first, your new track is called Bad Girl. It's a very loaded phrase in our culture, but you're flipping the narrative with your song. Tell me a little bit about
3: that. Yeah, so I actually wanted this to kind of play off of personal experiences I've had with the term, loosely with the term, but more just kind of like that sort of stereotype, which I think is thro- projected onto women who are bold or assertive or kind of, you know, speak confidently and for what they want and don't really care about if it clashes with them what the people around them are saying or whatever and I think that I over time have been just when I was younger I think when I was a teen but also throughout my budding adulthood too I think I've been in situations where I've been more you know like I don't want to do this let's go in this direction or just more assertive in that way with my writing and with other aspects of my career and I have been called a problem child before I've been called just other like miscellaneous like Things that you would say, like about someone who is kind of like embodies that stereotype, I guess, um, or who makes. Other people feel uncomfortable because of their like assertiveness, um, and I feel like as a woman we run into that so much in kind of like a male dominant culture, and the music world is definitely not <laughs> is definitely I, th- I would say is would be included in that, and yeah, I think I think it was just about like flipping that on its head and being like, no, a bad girl isn't someone who did something bad. It's about someone who is not afraid to speak up for what they want and even if it means like clashing with what you know the people around them want for them so yeah it's kind of a way of reclaiming the term term i guess
1: Awesome. I mean, in a lot of ways, it sounds like the antithesis of your first album title, "Sit Still, Look Pretty." It's kind of like, which I know obviously yeah. was was done in a in a, in a sarcastic, facetious uh, yeah, way, but yeah. it playing off that it was funny to see the two together.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think it feels like messaging, like a kind of a continuation of that. People pointed that out to me, and I feel like it definitely feels like I was trying to say similar things in both. Yeah, it's cool.
1: I love the track. The song was co-produced, I believe, and also co-written with Charlie Puth. What was it like working with him in the studio? Or was this during COVID or was this pre-
3: This was during COVID, yeah. So this was, we we actually wrote all together in the studio for one of the only in-person sessions I've had this year. And I think because of that, we just felt this, like, energy, this, orig- like, this more, like, you know, we were all so excited to be back. And yeah. it was, there was such a flow to it. And Charlie wasn't actually there that day, but Jay Cash, who is the owner of my label and my co-writer, he wrote it, he was there, he wrote it with us. And just in that moment, the best thing about working in this kind of label structure is that with him being my, the owner of my label and also my co-writer is that we can write anything (laughs) and then like a second after be like, okay, we're putting this next and yeah, this is the next single. So we decided in that moment and then he's just really good friends with Charlie. So he sent it over to him and Charlie loved it and he wanted to throw some production on it. And yeah, it's really cool. I love him. I love his music. He's so talented. So it's a, it's definitely a cool thing that he, he wanted to do that.
1: An incredible track. How have you been feeling, just creatively, in the last year? Obviously, the last year during lockdown has been tough. But have you been feeling uh, really productive creatively, or has it been been sort of a struggle to get your head into that space?
3: It, every day's been different. In the first few months, I didn't want to look at right. I didn't want to go in my studio. I didn't think about writing I didn't want to think about singing I was just like no I need to sit in my bed and watch tv all day and not think about anything else happening in the world so I did that and then I feel like I got that out of my system and I'm someone who just like can't sit still really after well not to yeah play on my yeah I think I I was just going so crazy and I wanted to get out and start creating and writing more so I I built this like little makeshift studio in my house and started teaching myself how to produce and I started writing on my own which I haven't done in like four five years before everything kind of started for me professionally which is really cool and yeah just just kind of like sitting with my thoughts and and I think that that was a really good thing to happen before this next era of releasing music because I had just the most clarity and the most time to like, if this isn't the best like reflection I can do of myself right now, I don't know what will be because I have spent so much time on this stuff. So
1: what is your process for that? Is it something that that you do almost like a meditation practice practice or an exercise practice where you every day you're there and some days, some days you're good. Some days the muse comes and some days not, or do, do you sort of only sit down when you have an idea already going in your head?
3: I feel like I, I definitely, I don't try to force it because otherwise it feels like work. It feels like something I don't want to do. And ultimately, like, I'll be more critical of myself. I'll be harder on myself. Like, I'll I'll just set up these boundaries in my head where I won't go certain places. But I feel like if I have an idea just out of nowhere, I'll tend to follow that and to just lead me to wherever it goes. And I think that that's just like something that I found is the best way of writing for me personally is because I just, yeah. I, I feel like I, if I try to force it, it just it never works out the way I want it to.
1: There's so, a yeah. uh, a video you shared, I think it was over the summer, captioned relearning the guitar, and you were playing Blackbird, which was, uh, yes. I think, probably yes, the first. A oh my God. I think that was the first song that I learned on guitar that I was ever really proud of. Yes. That was like.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That was, um, I thought it was a lot more advanced than it was. And then a lot of people were like, no, we all <laughs> learned that as our first <laughs> riff. So, yeah, I, I tried picking up the guitar. I used to play actually a lot when I was younger, just chord like more like um chords, the same like four, five, six chords or something. Um, just when I would uh play shows like uptown from my house and like a little coffee shop or whatever when I was younger. But yeah, I never I never really got into like finger picking or anything like that. So it's been fun. I've I've been trying yeah. to learn from YouTube. There's so many. There's like such a world of tutorials and literally any any that you could ever imagine is on there so what are you learning it's been down? fun trying to pick it up again um i i tried to learn going to california but that's really that's a lot harder so i'm yeah, oh my god trying to but who knows what it's just gonna be super yeah I'm, I'm never gonna release anything that i'm ever doing on the guitar it's just more for me oh yeah no no one wants to hear that not at this point
1: Oh, I, I loved your version of Blackbird. I mean, the, the Beatles are just <laughs> my, you know, my everything, my responsible for every creative impulse I've ever had. Are, are there any people like that in your life? Or are there any musicians out there that made you want to want to be a
3: musician, the heroes? Yeah, when I was younger, my parents listened to a lot. Alanis Morissette, one of the, actually the first cover that I did live when I was nine. I was in this like rock band that, we, it was like a summer camp type thing. And we played at this bar right next, right near my house. And um, Ironic was like one of the first songs that I ever learned how to play. Um, I played on the piano. And I loved her, I loved Dido a lot. I really loved her tone and her, her like grittiness, I guess. Or, I guess there's more like soulful, and then and Alanis was kind of had more that more like raw, like gritty feel. And then Amy Winehouse was is like my my god, (laughs) probably ultimately got into music more than anyone. Cannot ever anything like I still to this day, like constantly watching her perform, watching her, like yeah, listening to her early albums. I feel like she's someone who just you can always learn something like pick up something on her music, which has been fun as an adult because as a kid, I feel like I loved just. Just listening for fun of it, obviously. But now it's like every little like riff and scat choice and everything is just, it's so cool to
0: listen to now. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic.
5: perfect home sweet home so much is made of her
1: her voice which is just you know obviously one of a kind and her phrasing is amazing but i feel like i've been i've been discovering more recently her lyrics are just incredible they're just raw and fearless and she just she really goes there i mean that's what i I really love about her
3: i think that her lyrics were really what drew me in i mean yeah her voice too i feel like the combo of the two is just like it feels like you're in wherever she was making this making the album with her it's just so personal and so like free-flowing and just flow of thought yeah and it's it's really really cool because i feel like there's really not a lot of that out there that feels that that personal so are vulnerable so it's cool
1: this is probably a weird question but would you consider yourself an old soul
3: i've heard that a lot before maybe (laughs) i don't know i who knows i haven't gotten into the phase life where i'm like into like looking into a bunch of different religions and like (laughs) reincarnation
1: you're not getting your chart done you're not getting your astrological
3: (laughs) (laughs) but i feel like i feel like it's coming soon for me but I feel like I definitely could believe in reincarnation <laughs> if someone gave me a good explanation for it. But I don't know. Maybe I was an old lady in my past life. I lived <laughs> to be like a hundred something.
1: I think that's one of the things I love about Amy is I feel like I, I, I pick up on that in her music and I also in yours, too. I feel like there, there's a lot of experience in the lyrics and you, it comes through in every every line that you say. And I, I sense that in both of you. That's why I, why I ask.
3: Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate That's it. Huge honor. Thank you.
1: 2020, such a, a, a bizarre, transformative year, I suppose, is the most positive way I could put it. How did it change you as an artist or as a person?
3: Uh, I think in so many ways. I think I would not be releasing the type of music that I am without it. I think not in like a, I'm not writing my songs about it, but just... Yeah, I think I've grown a lot as a person, and I have probably just like put things into perspective that I hadn't before, and also just realized the power of song and music and how it can touch people in times like this um, and how it can be kind of that like through line to connect people's experiences. Um, Because I feel like I really have like heavily relied on music to get me through quarantine and I'm sure so many other people did. So yeah, I, I just definitely realized like the weight and power that it holds. And just made me more excited to to get yeah. back into it and keep putting stuff out.
1: And you took some time off from your music career before dropping First Time last fall. What made you decide to take a, a, a bit of a breather?
3: I think this, it was like a, a few years in the making. I feel like I, like two or three years ago, I, I like had this like gut feeling of just wanting to just take more time to myself and live with myself and get to know myself and um, get to know the artists that I want to be a little bit more clearly. And also just like live regular human experiences that I felt like all my friends were living in college and, you know, going in and out of relationships and friendships and everything. And I feel like I just definitely knew that for my development and for my music too, for my writing, it was crucial for me to have those years um, to kind of just like fuck up and (laughs) do the wrong thing and explore and experiment. And um, I just, I definitely like knew that that was something that I needed um, for my development (laughs) and for clarity as a songwriter too, um, and for my artistry. So um, yeah, I was still still, like touring and releasing music and stuff. It was just kind of more, I, I definitely took more time for myself too. I, I tried to fit that in as much as possible. So I'm really happy that I did that.
1: You said the first time is sort of more like a, a, a musical rebirth or reintroduction. You sort of hit, hit the re, restart button in a way. How, how so for you?
3: Well, I think it was just the first song that I've released that I felt really, really like a hundred percent kind of reflects where I was at the time. And I guess my whole like journey, of like taking time to myself and everything has been to get to a point where I feel like I am not holding anything back I'm super honest with my music and it feels like me and I feel like with the early stuff it was um you know it was just it was all rushed it was all just kind of like made in this like whirlwind of things happening Hideaway started charting super early on and I had this like same team of writers that just got together and and helped write the rest of the album. And I'm really grateful for that. And I, you know, I still have such like personal connections to a lot of the songs released then. Um, but I also feel like I, my gut feeling of me needing to take time was definitely be like partially because I felt like I wanted to um, just be more in control of my writing and, and what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it and what I wanted to sound like and everything. So for me, first time was really um, was really like the first time <laughs> that I that I felt that <laughs> way. Um, so many puns in this interview. Wow, <laughs> I hate it. I,
1: I saw the water in the uh, in the visuals for it. Very like you know re- rebirth. What's the what's the word for like like baptismal?
3: Yes, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, we we definitely wanted to to symbolize rebirth and kind of me falling into it in the beginning of the music video and then me going throughout this like journey of my subconscious kind of in the back of this truck, pretty much just like having no control over where it was going and then um, gaining that control as I went and then emerging at the end out of the water as like a new person, a new really realized person. And Bad Girl kind of continues off of that too with the visual um, because it's also kind of this like subconscious journey the bar exists in this like dreamlike place that we really wanted to come across as, um, like reflective of my subconscious at the time, um, just going through the process of discovering my sexuality. And, um, you know, I saw that girl and then I just like all these feelings and emotions started coming through me. And I, um, I, you see me in this like very kind of, um, the lights are crazy and there's like fog and it's just like this very like weird mystical kind of dreamlike place where I'm trying to come to terms with my sexuality and then at the end of it I emerge this like fully realized confident um person and I'm like have like my dress on and my heels and i do this like runway performance because um, we really wanted to get that across of that like arc so yeah i think a lot of my visuals i've tried i've tried to carry the sort of like rebirth theme into um for the past two releases i guess and we'll i don't know i don't wanna, i don't want to say anything about the the other song that's coming up but yeah
1: Oh, that was what I was going to ask you what are you working on now? I know a lot of fans are wondering about uh, what's next for your next album or
3: I'm working on an EP, and I'm very excited. It's going to be, Bad Girl's going to be on it, First Time's going to be on it, and a few other songs. And it just feels like the most confident and proudest I've been releasing music, and I just, I want to release it tomorrow. I just, I I don't want to wait. I want everyone to hear it right now. I'm so excited.
1: Are you able to say roughly when,
3: or? Soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's been a key word the past, like, Two years where it's like I feel like it really has no meaning anymore, just soon. But I'm telling you it has meaning. I'm telling you it does. It actually is coming very soon.
1: Any surprises on it? Any any new collaborations? Any any surprising music choices or anything uh you're able to share?
3: I will say it's kind of a mixed bag of things It it's it does live in that dance the dance space with first time and bad girl and then it kind of carries over into this more intimate um strip down we have a strip down kind of acoustic song I'll give that away we have some more kind of like alternative leaning more rock leaning it kind of plays with a bunch of different genres that I've been listening to myself so yeah I'm I'm really excited it, it, I think it hopefully will have something for everyone.
1: Can't wait to check it out there. I was reading some interview you gave recently. I'm trying to remember who it was with, but you were talking about how it, it, at some point in your in your career, you want to experiment with scales outside of like Western modes, Western modalities, how in like Eastern scales. It, it's so cool. Uh, yeah. Someday that would be a really interesting to experiment with.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think, well, I so I have family in India and I've been once and I grew up going to Indian brunch every Sunday In Pittsburgh, and I just loved watching Bollywood on because they would always play like these like full like feature films on their screens while you're eating brunch. And I just loved like I was always just so mesmerized. I loved watching it. I loved listening to it. The scales are just something like they have notes that don't exist in our scale um, that they regularly use, and I think that that's just so cool and something that I would definitely definitely don't know the most about right now at this point in my life, but I want to, and I want to hopefully implement that in my music at some point.
1: Kind of dovetails into, into my last question. We've been asking everybody, if you could snap your fingers and have everything go back to whatever your definition of normal is, say, you know, pre-COVID, pre-everything, what would be the first thing that, that you would do? Places you would go, people you'd hug, restaurants you'd eat at, although I guess a lot of those are opening now. Uh, what would be the first thing that that you would do?
3: Um, I would probably travel. I would probably just get I feel like I would just go to like I don't know I've, I've been thinking I've, I've been thinking a lot about Tokyo recently just randomly and it's been one of it's always been one of my favorite cities but I'd love to to travel and to maybe go to Tokyo also to hug my grandparents I think that that that's something that I definitely haven't done in so long and I want to do as soon as we all get vaccinated.
1: Oh, Dea, thank you so much for your time, Davis. This is such a pleasure. Thank you so much.
3: Yeah, thank you so much. It was great talking to you.
1: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Inside the Studio, a production of iHeartRadio. For more episodes of Inside the Studio or other fantastic shows, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.